Welcome back to another episode of Rooted. Sam here, and I wanted to offer a little reflection. So before we dive into the episode today with Emily the Medium, the reason that I started this podcast was to help solopreneurs. This can be seen in so many different ways. What does help for solopreneurs look like? I think of this every single time that I consider a guest on the show, create content for Instagram, create courses, offerings, ways to support, ways to help, ways to add to the lives of solopreneurs. And that is something that is just ever present in my brain, in my mind, in my body. And something that came up for me when I was thinking of different guests were, I love these people, but how does that help a solopreneur? And I kept looking at helping a solopreneur as being something strategic, something tangible, something masculine, you know, very business, very hard, very like data-driven results. (laughs) And I knew I wanted Emily on and I knew I wanted Ariel on and I knew I wanted, you know, Victoria on and all these people who, when you first think of mediums and channels and human design readers, you don't instantly go, oh yeah, that'll help my business. That'll help a business grow. And so I took some pause and I thought about that and I was like, where's this coming from? Because it's helped me. And that in turn helps my business because as Emily says in this podcast, what I offer, what I share, what I bring to this world, I'm the vessel for all these things. It's not mine. I don't own these things, but I I am seen as the owner, quote unquote. And so the reason that I bring these people on who deal more in the energetics side of life and business and entrepreneurship and all of the things is because it does help. Spiritual solopreneurs are some of the most important people in my lives because they give me perspective. They offer room for growth. They see me. They give me ways to cope, to understand, to heal. And in turn, my business expands. My business evolves and grows maybe into something that I never thought it would be or you never thought it would be. But that's why I bring these people onto Rooted because I know after experiences that I've had that you too will probably have those experiences. (laughs) So today I have Emily the Medium on my podcast. And if the name doesn't give it away, Emily is a professional psychic medium. She's a dear friend and she helps people connect with their loved ones. She provides psychic guidance on life paths. And she also helps connect people to the souls of the children that they are meant to have, which she dives a little bit into at the top of this episode. It's a very, very neat offering that she has. And I'm grateful to call her a friend. I've worked with Emily three or four times now, three directly one-on-one and a few times outside of that in other containers. But I love her dearly. She is so special. Emily provides a great piece of guidance and clarity and understanding in a way that makes you feel seen by someone who you have just met. And I didn't know that was possible until my first encounter with Emily. So in this episode, we dive into so many different things. She answers questions that all of you sent in on Instagram, as well as questions that I've been dying to ask her. And we go into the different ways that she supports the people within her community and the collective. I know this episode is going to strike you a few different ways, and I'm really excited to hear how much you love this and very excited to be able to connect you with Emily if you are not already. Definitely book a call with her, join her collective community, try the intuitive mentorship, follow her on Instagram if nothing else, because just being in her energy is definitely a high recommendation in my book. So without further ado, this is Emily the Medium. Well, thank you so much for coming and joining me today with this. I'm very excited. I know we've had to kind of move stuff around to be able to make this work, but I appreciate it. And I think this is going to be a really good episode to kind of introduce people to this world of mediumship and all of your amazing abilities. And I'm really, really happy that you're here and I'm excited to dive in. Thank you, Sam from Rooted. I'm so happy. (laughs) I feel like I have to say it like that. I don't know. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) 
I want to just jump in with this question. Can you describe what you do and how you support people? Yeah. So what I do, my goodness, it's such a, I'm going to give you a multi-dimensional, multifaceted answer for a multifaceted, multi-dimensional career. You know, it's like, I wish I could just say, yeah, I'm uh, an engineer or I'm a lawyer because it'd be so much easier. But what I do, maybe I'll kind of give you the evolution here because there's a lot of different moving parts, but essentially I'm a psychic medium, which, you know, there's a lot, everybody defines that differently and everybody has sort of their own understanding of what that entails and what that means. What it means for me is that I am extremely passionate about a couple of different things. Number one is really showing the world and people, which I feel like is becoming more of a common accepted concept that there is more than just life after death, that really earth is just kind of a little, it's not a vacation, but it's a short stopover in the kind of journey of our soul. And that the afterlife is actually really what it's all about. And so, you know, it's kind of different than the way that we think about it. And just that the intelligence of the soul continues and is far more vast than we can even understand after the soul leaves the physical body. There's so much that is still a mystery, but there's also so much that I have come to learn and understand about the intelligence and the vastness and the immortality of the soul that is just really incredible. So there's a lot of different ways that that looks, whether just from connecting people with their loved ones who are on the other side, who are no longer in physical bodies, whether that's just kind of education on like the meaning of life, you know, because I think that we learn so much and the people that I get to talk to in spirit have learned so much about why we're even here and the purpose of being in human bodies, especially at this time. That's part of what I do is is making those connections for people. I'm also really interested in development and sort of psychic and intuitive development for people all across the spectrum, whether those are people who are using their abilities in their work or in their business, or just looking to have a better understanding of day to day, how they can use their intuition, their psychic abilities in their life and their business and relationships and so on. So that's another part of what I do is help with the development aspect of that. And then just generally, I think I'm really good at, if I could toot my own horn, I also think I'm really good at using the psychic side to kind of help people navigate through the sometimes tumultuous and confusing waters of planet Earth and just kind of simplifying things and demystifying certain things and helping to really find clarity on certain things is another big part of what I do. That's a good synopsis. I also do a lot of work, and this is in recent times, I do a lot of work with women and families who are looking to have families of their own, bring children onto this planet. So that's another part of what I do as well, because there's a spiritual component to conception as well, a hugely important spiritual component. We often just think it's just super simple. You know, you, you, birds and the bees, and then bada bing, bada boom, and there's a baby here. And uh, yeah, woohoo. <laughs> and what a lot of people don't realize is there is also a spiritual component to that too. So I support people through that process as well. What does that look like? Oh my goodness. Well, it depends on the person. It depends on the situation. Just for example, most recently, without giving any details of this person away, most recently I was working with a woman in her 60s who had experiences 20, 30 years prior with accidental loss and termination of pregnancy and needed somehow appealing from that. So that's kind of the past element of that. And it was really beautiful to see like 30 years worth of pain be able to to be lifted from her, which I think is something that that is possible no matter how long the fracture point or the wound, there's always an opportunity for us to receive healing from that. So that's like sort of a past experience. A present term, a present tense experience would be, this is really beautiful, but uh, just people who are going through the IVF process as I'll support people through that process. And just because it can be so mechanical for a lot of families that they totally lose touch with themselves and their bodies and the intelligence of their bodies and they just, you know, it's all down to statistics and numbers and all that kind of stuff. And so supporting people like that um, so that they can really do what they want to do, which is have a child. And so I just had somebody who had a positive transfer after IVF through my help, which was really amazing and exciting after like five years of trying to conceive. So that was really special. That's like present tense. And then in the future tense is helping people kind of work out different things that they are struggling with 
scared about different kind of traumas and and things like that that they want to have a resolution around before they bring children onto this planet which i think is really beautiful mm-hmm. so that's another example there's lots of different ways it could look like and honestly like i do something new in that context every day because it's like it's so vast in terms of what i can do in that space but those are a couple examples of what mm-hmm. it could look like I feel like everything you do is so layered, but mm-hmm. so interconnected all yes. at the same time. And I mm-hmm. love that so much. It's like, I've gone to you for mm-hmm. mediumship and I've gone to you for psychic connections and, and understandings yeah. and friendship and all of the things. And I love yeah. that like you can be that person for many different variations of what somebody might be looking for or trying to understand within themselves. How did you know that you were connected to something that maybe others didn't feel or couldn't see and... Mm-hmm. Is this something that you kind of like have always wanted to get into or is mm-hmm. it something that really just called you since day one? Yeah, that's a great question. And I just want to touch on what you said because I think that that really hit me when you said that. I think it's actually you just were able to give me a little epiphany in true projector fashion with just by you saying that, like, I just had a little epiphany that it's always been something that I've always joked, like I wear a lot of different hats and I do a lot of, like, I do a lot of different things. I have a lot of different specialties, but it's really just that I think when you get tapped into sort of the quantum field of who you are as a, as a soul and as a human being, it's just like, I can really do anything I want to do if I just have intention to Mm. do it, you know? So it's like, I can do anything. And I'd never have said like, Oh, I can't do that. Cause I don't do that. I'm just like, well, let me try it. Let's see what happens. That's amazing. (laughs) You know? So I think I actually, that just sort of gave me a a little realization about that. So thank you. Okay. So yeah. So to answer your question, I think that, you know, I always like joke when people ask sort of a question along those lines, it's like, did I, I really didn't think that this is what I would be doing with my life. Like if you told me 10 years ago that this is what I was going to be doing with my life, I'd be like, what are you talking about? That is wild. You're crazy. I think it's one of these things working in the space that I'm working in is really, I find just in my experience, it's something that calls you and it's something that beckons you. And it's something that like asks you to come forward rather than you volunteering yourself to come forward. You know, like I didn't volunteer to be like, yeah, sure. I'll try it. Um, Although in ways I did, but it really was something that beckoned me and said like, come forward, step up, like, let's do this. We need to basically work through you. And so I said, yes. And I continue to say yes every day. And I think that that's really something that's required, especially in this, this path, because it's definitely not easy. I mean, like it's beautiful and I'm, I'm grateful for it, but it's, it's not always easy. And so I find, I have to say yes to what I do every day. And yes, I, yes, I will continue doing this. Yes. I will continue continue to show up for this. So I think that that's like kind of what it looks like now, but in the past, like in terms of how I got here, it actually really required people sort of before I could really have the confidence in myself to say, yes, somebody outside of me, one of my first mentors saying, Hey, you, yeah, you, and I was like, me, me, no, no, me. Yeah. Okay. Me, this is something that you need to be doing. And you need to basically carve out the time to put into your development so that you can serve the world in this way. And it took somebody like literally singling me out, pointing at me and saying, hey, step up for me to really say yes, the way that I say yes now. So I think that my story and my experience is a great testament just to, you know, sometimes we can step into things and say yes to things all on our own. We don't need help. We don't need anybody to kind of like see us. But for me, I needed somebody to see me and go, hey, you know, I'm going to be here for you and I'm going to support you through it. This isn't going to be easy, but this is part of what you're here to do. And then I had to accept that as well at the same time. So I hope that answers your question. Mm. Yeah. What was it like though, before someone saw you? Saw me. Yeah. It was just, are we allowed to swear on the show? Go for it. It was just a shit show. Because I didn't really know what was happening. Like I didn't have any context or framework or understanding for my experiences. It was just kind of like, this is random. Why is that happening? Or why am I feeling this thing? Or why am I having this dream that I have no idea how to explain where this came from? Or why do I feel this like burning urge inside of me to tell the cashier at the grocery store that her mom loves her and misses her very much? You know, like why? Like why? why? I didn't have any context or framework for that. So which I think can be a really common 
common experience. I mean, it's getting better because we're in this like super time of awakening and this really beautiful time where spirituality is like not just accepted. It's almost like if you don't have a spiritual practice, people are like, who are you? You know, now that's what it's like now. But this was back before this was common and before it was like cool and before it was talked about. And so I really had to kind of start making sense of my experiences on my own, which I started to do. And then when I sort of reached my I guess, current understanding capacity at the time, that's when I reached out for support from one of my first mentors. And that's when I was seen. And then as the story goes, that's how Mm. I landed where I am now. Yeah. Nice. How did you, or how are you developing strong boundaries? Because I feel like Mm -hmm. this work that you do, this space that you're in requires a lot of you. Yeah, absolutely. I will tell you, I have improved by 500%, if I do say so myself, since I first started doing this work because, and and boundaries, like for me, it means a couple of different things. So that's boundaries, number one, with sort of the people that I'm serving and the, the kind of the community that I have, because understandably so, a lot of people are just really curious about what I do. And there's like lots of questions that come up and it's like, what about this? And the curiosity is a beautiful part of the human experience. And so I I love to be a part of that. But it also, when I give, I give like 125%. And so I have to be careful just about, you know, how I'm engaging in that in that way. And just reminding myself that I still have to let people have their own experience and figure them things, some certain things out on their own. And that's just, if I could, I would be like saving all the people who are in the ditches and like pulling them out. And I do, but you know, so boundaries there is really key. And that's just for my own sort of maintenance and to keep me alive and breathing. But it's also boundaries with psychic energy because psychic energy and and the energy of people on the other side is like, it wants to run through me all the time. If I wasn't limited by a human body, I mean, I would just be going nonstop 24 hours a day, but I'm in a human body. And so it needs things like rest and sleep and food and, you know, time time away. (laughs) I know, so weird. Not droning my eyes into a computer screen 95 hours a day, you know? So it's also like I had to find my balance of even just like how many, this took a long time and it's still, I'm still like, I'm like 95% there, but how many readings can I do a day or a week in a way that I, by Friday, I'm not going to be a zombie basically, because that's what would happen as I would just be like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Or I can see this person here. Yeah, no problem. I can like pack this day and just like skip lunch and skip this and skip this. But then it's like by the weekend, I mean, I have to take like three days just like laying flat in a dark room to recuperate. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. boundaries is so huge, especially when I'm expending the kind of energy that I'm expending for the amount of time a day that I do. And I really do feel like I've just kind of found the balance Mm. (laughs) with it. So it takes time. And I've been at this for, you know, almost six years. So it takes time. It takes time. So there's boundaries on a lot of different layers for me and probably more than even just what I've explained, but it's, it's a constant practice. I find, do you find that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've said this before, but like I struggle deeply in having boundaries. I'm very much like a people pleaser and a yes person. And so it's very difficult, but this past year, probably it's been something where I'm like, this is so important. I really need to figure this out for myself because I am a zombie at the end of the week. Yeah. So, man. And I feel like I was just talking to a friend of mine about this. I feel like as entrepreneurs, this is something that is so like, it's such a unique experience to us, you know? And I feel like a lot of people, like some of my friends will sometimes be like on a Friday night, they're like, Hey, do you want to do something? I'm like, Oh my God, I can't even like stand up straight right now. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? How dare you ask me to hang out? (laughs) What? It's Friday. They're like, Yeah. I'm like, I'm so... They're like, don't ask Emily to hang out. <laughs> on a Friday. Don't even talk to me past 4 p.m. on a Friday. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. Well, yeah. speaking of that, so as yeah. as like a, a spiritual entrepreneur, solopreneur, how has your experience been in growing, yes, that side of the boundaries for yourself, but also mm-hmm. your business in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that, and let me just say that my belief is that a business is like an entity in and of itself. Like it's got its own creative pulse. It's got its own energy field. It's like a whole energy. The business wants to bring certain things into the world and it's using me as the 
owner, I guess you could say as the business to facilitate some of these things. And so, you know, when I see an email come through and I'm like, oh yeah, I should jump on that right away and answer right away, you know, then that's, you know, that that's an interesting thing. And I'm also emotional authority in human design. So actually like I'm clear after 24 hours, you know, if I wait to respond to an email, I'm actually giving a much more well-rounded, grounded response to the email 24 hours later than, you know, if I had responded 30 seconds after the email was sent. So I think it's just the boundaries and kind of the, with the business is really like, I'm constantly running a priority list in my mind. Like, does this need to be responded to right away? Or am I just kind of jumping the gun and, you know, and and that kind of thing. So that's part of it. I think also something that I have evolved into is just like not saying yes to everything that comes my way. And I feel like this is also another kind of unique experience is like when I first started my business, you know, it was just like, there was this kind of narrative that you just say yes to every opportunity and maybe it'll lead somewhere and you never know. But then I was like saying yes to shitty opportunities that just absolutely didn't serve me in any kind of way. And I was sort of just like left on the curb with a piece of gum and like five cents and like, here you go. And it's like, oh, thanks. You know? So I think that it's also just really kind of developing this like business discernment of, is this really beneficial for me? But is also, is it mutually beneficial for the, whoever it is that's offering the opportunity, right? Like if I'm not going to come in and be able to give all of my energy because I'm burnt out and I just said yes, because I felt bad, that's not mutually beneficial for the person at the other party, you know? So I think the key word that I would sort of boil this down to in terms of boundaries with the business in and of itself is just a really high level of, of discernment and, and not right. feeling bad about the things that are, you know, a no kind of thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You've been doing this for six years, you said. Mm-hmm. So when you first started, mm-hmm. this really wasn't like something you could just like go find pretty easily with somebody mm-hmm. who had the offerings that you have. Yeah. So how did that go for you just starting out and kind of being this like unheard of service Yeah. to now being somebody who I feel like, oh my God, everywhere I go, someone's like, do you have a medium you recommend? Can <laughs> do you have a psychic you recommend? Can tell me someone you know that can help me connect to my past ones or tell me about my ancestral traumas or, you know, yeah. whatever. And it's like, I'm sure that that's a lot to take in at once, but what did that look like when you were first starting your business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. And you're right. Like everybody and their brother is, you know, a psychic medium today. It's it's cool. It's strange. It's amazing. It's everything at once, you know, because I think it really represents like this beautiful age that we're in, the age of Aquarius, where this is just like, you know, if you don't know your moon and rising, like who even are you? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it is still a little bit niche, but it's becoming more commonplace, you know? We're so surrounded by it though, too. Yeah, yeah, we are too. So we're like, everybody knows, but like, (laughs) I talk to my friends and they're like, you talk to a who? (laughs) Like, oh my God, you need an Emily? And they're like, I don't know if I need an Emily. (laughs) So yeah, so to answer your question, I think that at the beginning, to be honest, it's actually been really liberating for me because it felt like at the beginning, I was kind of like out in the middle of like, a stage in an auditorium and there's all these people and I'm talking about things and I'm like, okay, and about this and like the soul lives on and like your, your, your guide is here talking to you. And people were like, what on the fuck is this lady talking about? And now it's almost like, because it's opening up more and people's minds are opening up more, people's perceptions are opening up more. It's actually really liberating. I really actually feel like I can be more of myself because there's more people who understand, but there's more Mm. people who are having the same experiences. Like I'm not just the only one being like, you know, I like astral traveled last night. Now everyone's talking about that, you know what I mean? And everybody's having those experiences. So for me, it's actually been really nice. I think it's also interesting. I mean, just to give you the polarity of that, I think it's also interesting. And this is not from a judgmental place. This is just from an observation place. I think it's also interesting of there is a little bit of this kind of like spiritual bandwagon vibes where people are just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Like I could probably do that. And, you know, trying to like jump on the the bandwagon. And I think it's also people really wanting to be special and really wanting to be like, I'm special. I'm this, you know, I'm a and I'm super special because of it. And so I think that there's a lot of like egos involved in the whole situation, which is very interesting to observe. And everybody's on their journey and they're all working their stuff out. And so I don't see it from a place of judgment. It's just a place of, oh, interesting. So that's another aspect of it too. 
Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. It's something I think it's come up a lot in conversations recently and different podcast episodes and things like that, that I've listened to where with that being said, if someone is looking for a medium and everyone's a medium, how do they know? Yeah. I'm going to give you my experience because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like this is, sometimes I say this to people and I'm like, but how do you do that? But this is just my, this is my experience. And this is the best piece of advice that I have is that when I come into contact with somebody, whether that is somebody, you know, a mentor, a teacher, a spiritual guide, whatever kind of healer, whatever, I'm never like, Oh, like, should I work with this person? I don't know. I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, I don't, it's like, Oh yeah, this, this is, this is, I'm working with this person. Like it, I, I'm, if I'm unclear, then it's probably just a no. You know, for me, it's so clear. It's so black and white that, oh yeah, this person is actually going to be a great fit for me. So I don't know if that's unique to me and my experience, or if that's something that people can really just learn to sort of streamline that level of, of like energetic discernment. If there is a resonance between you and another person. And it's also sometimes a timing thing, right? Like you may not require the assistance of, of a spiritual teacher at this point in time, but it's like somebody told you to, and they said, Oh, like you should go do this. But you're like, Oh, I don't really know if I actually need that right now. You know? So there's that element too, is that I find that the timing of it is really important. And it, you know, is this actually really something that I require to sort of continue to pull me forward on my life path right now? But for me, it's just like, it's so clear. And I think that that can be really hard for people because we are living in a time of so much information, so much data, so much media, like just so much. And so I think that sometimes it's kind of what I call like a cloudy crown where it's like, should I, I don't know, like, are they right? Are they wrong? Is it, are they, you know, are they going to scam me? And that's like something I hear all the time is people are like, oh, well, I booked a reading this with this person and then they like didn't show up or, you know, they just like talked about things that weren't even relevant to me the whole time and things like that, you know? And so I think that in this time where there's more data than ever, if that instant reflex of like, oh yeah, that's a total, yes, there's a resonance between me and this person, then maybe it's kind of like, all right, I'm going to take a step. I'm going to take a step back and kind of clean myself out a little bit and then take another look and see how I feel on second glance kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that might help with the process of just making sure that you're working with somebody who is a match for you and who is in integrity and who you are going to have a resonance with. Cause I think that's very important. You know, you have to trust the person that you're working with and yeah, that's what I would say. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's super helpful. It is. It's like a a certain level of knowing yourself and what it is that you need, but also knowing kind of that gut check of yeah. things. It's it's important. It's sometimes hard to get through, but yeah, if you sit on it for a minute, I think you you get yes. there. Yeah. Something that you offer that I think is the coolest thing ever is this development. And I would love it if you could talk to that and how you help others hone in and strengthen their own gifts. Yes. Yeah. I love this stuff. This is really fun. It's one of my, the favorite parts of the things that I get to do. I mean, I love everything that I do, but I really love this part of it so much for a lot of different reasons. But basically what I believe and my kind of core belief around abilities, first of all, I, I call them abilities because I think that in the eighties and nineties, you know, they're called gifts and it became this thing of like, oh, I'm not gifted or I'm not. And I would, mm. people always say to me, I'm not gifted like you. And I'd be like, Okay. Like, no, 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 no. It automatically just felt wrong because it was like, you're othering me into another category that is separate from you, which is just never something that I've been about. I'm like, we're all here together and we're all, we're all kind of doing this thing together. So basically my belief is that we are constantly receiving and transmitting psychic information at all times, 24 seven, it's just mostly operating below our conscious awareness. And it's just a matter of bringing our unique psychic awareness and what I call your unique psychic mechanism, the way that your psychic abilities are personally working for you as an individual, which is very different than how they might work for me or the next person or the next person and bringing awareness as to how are these actually working for me? How am I receiving information? How am I sending information? and everything to do with that. And that can be on a personal level, like just like re I'm receiving a message for myself around, you know, what I should do next with this certain family member that I'm having an issue with, or that could be on a bigger level that could be in, you know, your business and your work of, you know, I got this information for this client of mine and I'm going to pass it on to them. And then it's deeply helpful for them. And they're, you know, like this kind of thing. I think that 
it's there's so many different ways that in this time psychic awareness can serve us like it's it's truly limitless it's so vast it's so limitless so basically like what that looks like how i even like start the process of taking somebody through this first of all giving them the understanding that it's not like me discovering if you are psychic it's discovering what kind of psychic person you are, you know? So that's the first thing. And I usually open up with that. And that makes a lot of people feel more comfortable because they're kind of like, I feel like you're going to discover that I don't have any abilities at all. Or like, I'm not good at, you know, I'm not, I don't know how to do this or I'm a fraud or this kind of thing. It's like, no, 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 no. It's just discovering what's your unique kind of like way that this is working for you. What's your unique talent? So that's good. Cause a lot of people have this kind of a uh, deep seated fear that, and I think it comes back to this feeling of wanting to be special or wanting to feel like good at something, you know, I think deeply as human beings, we want to be good. We want to excel at what we're doing. And when we feel like we're going to get things wrong or we're going to not know how to do something, it's deeply uncomfortable. And so first of all, I say, I'm not like trying to figure you out and figure out that you're not this or you're not that. I'm just like, let's pull out the innate psychic awareness that's already within you. So that's the first thing. And then I start to just basically create a really safe environment for that person to explore. Because again, that's huge for me. And, and it can be really scary to trust what you're getting without having any evidence for why you're saying that thing at that moment in time. So creating a really safe, comfortable environment for the person that I'm working with is really key. It's like essentially going up on a stage and you're going to give a performance, but you have no idea what performance you're giving until you get there. Like that's what it feels like. And that's what it felt like, like getting on every reading that I would did. It's like, I don't know what we're doing. There's no script. You know, it's like, there's no script for this. It's just like, you are literally purely waiting for the information to come and then hoping that you're interpreting that information in the best way possible. That's basically what this is. And so it can be very scary. I mean, it pulls from our fears of uncertainty, of the unknown, of, you know, messing up, saying the wrong thing, this kind of thing. So creating a really safe, comfortable space. And then basically what I do from there, and there's lots of different ways that I can do this, is just basically give people opportunities to practice and practice with me, practice with other human beings who are also interested in the same kind of things. The best way that we can learn the way our psychic abilities are uniquely working is by giving our psychic abilities things to respond to and to work with and to have an experience of because, you know, we learn how to do all of these different things in our human bodies like I don't know, ride a bike and like all of these things that we that we're taught how to do, but we're just not taught how to transmit, receive and interpret and communicate psychic information for ourselves and for others. And so really just kind of exploring that process with the people that I work with. And it's so amazing to watch people because I've been doing this for quite a while now. And it's so amazing to watch people like surprise themselves of like, oh my God, I didn't know I could do that. And it's like, there you go. You know, you get to surprise yourself in this work and surprise yourself with what you can see and what you can hear and what you can know. And you don't know until you try. And so that's the thing. There's people who are coming in with like absolutely no experience. They're just very curious. And there's, I also work with a lot of people who already have spiritual practices, spiritual businesses of different sorts, and who are looking to deepen their abilities so they can serve the people that they're serving on a higher level. So it's my favorite part of what I do. I love it so much. It sounds so cool. And is this something that you offer continuously? Is this something that opens up just a few times a year, once a year? How does that look like if somebody just heard that and was like, oh, my God, she sees me. <laughs> help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, help me. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm always doing it. I'm constantly running mentorship. I usually work with about four, five, sometimes six, if I'm pushing it people at a time. And it's kind of fun because I actually like group people together and then they get to like kind of work with each other if they're at similar stages in development and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's always happening. And the most fun thing too, is that has started happening is just by this development work is that people are getting, you know, halfway through quarter with the way through three quarters of the way through. And they're like, Oh my God, I want to create a business out of this. And so then they do. And so that's been so fun for me to watch these people get to really create and birth businesses around these abilities in different ways. It's been so fun. Like I've worked, I've worked with nurse practitioners. I've worked with naturopathic doctors who are incorporating these things. And I worked with authors and writers who are incorporating their gifts into their writing. So That's it's cool. so fun. Yeah. That's cool. And it's really cool because you helped them feel confident enough in their abilities to be yeah. able to then share that part of themselves with 
the rest of the world or incorporate that into what they already have been doing another, you know, mm-hmm. soul piece of themselves. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. If I could just instill confidence, that's then I've done my job. You know, that's what's so important to me is just helping people feel confident in these things that are sometimes, you know, abstract and you can't see them. Like, that's the thing. You can't see a psychic ability. It's just like, you can feel it. You can, you know, know it, you can have an experience of it, but it's not something that you can like, you know, pull out at the dinner table and be like, here, like, look at this. I've been like working on this thing. You know, it's, it's, it's abstract, it's fluid. And so the confidence piece can sometimes be a really, what people feel is like, you know, it's really hard is to be confident in themselves, what they're perceiving, what they're receiving. And so that confidence, and you can tell when somebody's like, you know, and they like have the experience that just made them like confirm their whole development. It's so amazing. I was lucky enough to be able to be kind of in the room in one of your training sessions, maybe is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah. So if you don't follow Emily on Instagram, at times she will post on her stories that she's looking for some sit-ins yeah. for the students that are in this mentorship. And I got to go on one of these calls and had that similar experience where, you know, mm-hmm. it didn't really, nothing came up for me, but it was cool to watch the student like have those moments where they're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That was that thing. <laughs> yes. It was very neat. Exactly. It's amazing. And I think creating spaces where that's possible and people are having those experiences and like confirming things that they're feeling is so special. And I'll keep doing it for as long as I can. Yeah. And I love too that it not only affects the people who are developing their abilities, but it affects the people who are curious. Maybe they don't want to, you know, know anything about their own abilities, but they still have that curiosity of like, can I actually connect? Does somebody actually know what's happening? And that's kind of how I was originally. And when I had my first session with you, I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, I booked it and I don't know. <laughs> Here <laughs> and I, I, am. St- I still remember like, I'm sitting there on my computer and you come on and you're like, do you have any questions? I'll give you like a little spiel about how this goes, but we've got some people over here who've been really wanting to talk to you. So I'd like to just dive in. And I was like, oh God, okay, (laughs) this is wild. I still get shocked over the whole thing because I just, I I don't think I realized how strong someone's knowing could be. It was wild. So with that, I know everyone's experience is so different, I'm sure, but I feel like a lot of people that I talk to when I say, oh yeah, you know, my medium is Emily. Mm-hmm. I have calls with her every so often. And this is kind of what happens. They still are like, I don't know what to expect. Like, mm-hmm. how do I even prepare myself for something like that? So yeah. I guess to that, I know it's a very like open-ended question mm-hmm. because it's so different for everybody, but yeah. what's something that you would say to someone who is like, what do I even, what do how do I, I do expect- this? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give a couple different angles from this. I think it's very natural for somebody to, you know, have a little bit of hesitation or nerves coming into a session. And I think that some of that, like some of it, I will say is sort of continues to be fed from some kind of negative connotations around this term of what I do of like, you know, there used to be people, this doesn't happen anymore with Sam, but there used to be people in my field who would get people on the phone and they would tell people like, this is when you're going to die, you know, like February 21st, 1987. And the person would be like, whoa, you know, so there is still, and I think that this is changing because there are more people coming into this work with integrity and, you know, skill and and just love with open hearts and things like that. But I think there is still kind of like a collective trauma, even if somebody didn't have an experience, like that could be their mom had a kind of a funky experience or something that freaked them out or things like that. That kind of is still in the collective in in a certain sense. Again, I think that's changing, but it's also, I think, very uncomfortable for people to potentially be like seen in in a certain way, you know, and to kind of like, it makes people uncomfortable to feel like, oh my God, this woman is going to like know things about me that maybe like, I don't want her to know or things that like, I'm not ready to come to terms with yet. Or, you know, we're going to talk about things that are going to make me emotional or, you know, like I really miss my dad. And like, if I hear from him, I think I'm going to cry. And I don't know if 
they feel comfortable crying in front of someone. So there's so many different, like everybody's fears are different, but there's so many different fears. And so like what I do, I, if I say so myself, I think I do this pretty well is when I first get on the phone with somebody, my number one objective, especially if I can feel that they're nervous, because yes, I can feel if somebody's nervous before they get on a call and I'm like, okay, we're just going to spend a couple extra time making sure that this person feels comfortable with me. But my main thing is that I hope to diffuse any nerves and like, hopefully like make the person laugh, which, you know, I like utilize my sense of humor a little bit at the beginning to hopefully just diffuse some of the tension and help the person feel comfortable. That's why I do it is because I recognize that it can be really scary and, you know, it can be like, I don't know what to expect. And the unexpected and the unknown is like one of the core human fears that a lot of us have. So Anyway, with that being said, in terms of what to expect, I always say that it's really dependent on your intention. And some people come in with a very conscious intention on what they're looking to explore or what they're looking to discover. So just for example, if somebody was coming into a mediumship session and they knew that they really, really, really wanted to talk to their maternal grandmother and their... Godfather. And those were the two people that they knew they really wanted to talk to. They could have that intention kind of just like in their consciousness and just sort of hold that. They wouldn't necessarily have to say it to me. They could if they wanted to, but that would be enough. If I've got a solid intention to work off of, then I can do anything and we can go anywhere. That also means that we're still leaving space for the unknown and that sometimes I get into a session regardless of what your intention is. And we somehow end up over here talking about this because it's prevalent or it's prominent or it's important. You know, so just like I would just say, if you have a loose intention, then you can use that to guide a session. An intention also can be, I don't know what to expect, but I'm open to the experience. That's also an intention. You know, so some people feel like, I don't know, like if I need, if I have anything specific, I want to talk about it, you know, I don't have any questions, what I'm going to do. It's just, I don't know what's going to come up. I'm open to the experience or I'm open to whatever's going to serve my highest good and, you know, my highest fill in the blank development, evolution, you know, comfort, healing, transformation, whatever you want to call it. But I really just like, it is so different. It, I know that, and that's why it's such a hard question to answer because it's like, there's no model. And I, and like I said earlier, it's literally like I'm showing up and doing like an impromptu, like comedy show. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know either. Do you know? Do I know? Nobody knows. We just find, let's find out, you know, and that's really my attitude going into any session that I do. And so if I can diffuse the tension, if we have a loose intention, then we can really go anywhere. Well, I can say from personal experience, you definitely make people feel comfortable. And <laughs> the one thing that I tell like my friends or anybody that asks me about it, I just say like, it's supposed to be a good thing. Yeah. Like that's the feeling you should have is like, oh, this is good. Like I feel supported. I feel safe. And yeah, sure. Like there's a little fear that's in it because you're like, who's going to show up? What's going to happen? What's she going to say? But also like, it's not a fear, like a scary fear. It's a fear, like an exciting fear. Yeah. To me. Exactly. It's a discovery. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, anytime you're going on a huge trip and you've never been there before, it's like, there's a little, there's excitement for sure. You're like, I'm going on a trip, but it's also like, oh my God, this is going to be okay. <laughs> you know? What are we going to do on this trip? Oh <laughs> Am I going to like have to talk to people? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it is very different. I mean, the intention is multifaceted, but it's also to let people know that you do have some control in what you want to explore. And I can go anywhere as long as I have intention. Like, let's say we got halfway through a session, I think I've said this to you before, Sam, like if there's something that you're like, I've always been curious about this and I want to go into this. Like as soon as I hear you say it, I'm already able to go into it. I'm already able to be like, okay, let's explore that. Let's go into that. It's like open that book and see what's in there basically. So I think also giving people the feeling that they're also in a way that you're in control of this here and you're also not in control of some things, but you can be in control of some things if you want, of what you want to explore, discover, experience, go into things like that. Yeah. yeah. I think for my first session, I just was like, I'm open to like whatever comes through. But I think you also felt the few intentions I did have and who yeah. I was hoping to connect with and that that did come up. So it was, yeah. it was wild. Yeah. That's the only word I can use to describe it. It was <laughs> wild. I love it And that so was much. like almost, how long ago was that? It was the first time I worked mm -hmm. with you. It had to be, yeah, it had to be a year and a half. I think so. Yeah. Wow. I think it was March. May, yeah. March, something like that. Whenever I had my hair short, so it had to be March. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how I judge things. Like, what color was my hair? How long was it? How long was it? Yeah, <laughs> That's right. exactly well, how. Time that frame. is how we tell time. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, it's just not even real. So. We don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I love it. This is something that I, I feel like I've heard you talk about before, but 
Are you able to read for yourself? What I will say is that as human beings, for the most part, we are our own biggest blind spot. And it can be very easy to like look at somebody else and be like, you know exactly what's going on with them or like what the problem is and you can kind of see it but you wouldn't be able to see that kind of same sort of thing for yourself. And that's part of the human experience is that, you know, the earth is literally like earth is a learning planet. That's what we're here to do. We're here to learn and we're here to hopefully learn about ourselves and learn about different kind of things and character flaws, we could say, and things like that. And so that's what we're here to do. There are some things that I would say like 80% of things around myself and my own experiences that I'm able to receive information on for myself. But then there's also 20% where it's just like, if I try to go into it, there's like a blockade that I'm not able to go deeper. I'm not able to see into it. So it's definitely very different than the way that I read for other people. And I also think that it's very hard to be objective with yourself sometimes. You know, you can't get as objective with your own experience as you can with somebody else's experience because you're not living somebody else's experience. You're living your experience. And so it's like, I am biased about myself because I'm living my experience. I can't get as objective with myself as now I am actually pretty good at it. It, but I still can't get completely objective with myself. It's not possible for a lot of different reasons, a lot of different factors. So yes and no is my mm-hmm. answer. <laughs> it's a, it's like that though with almost every yeah. profession, I feel like. Yeah, like totally. with me when I was offering Instagram strategies, I was like, I don't want to be on my Instagram account, but I'll do everyone else's. It's the same thing. Yep. My mom cleans houses. Yep. When we were growing up, she just like didn't want to have people over because our house wasn't clean. Yeah. Yeah. She cleaned everyone's house. So it's kind of this a similar yes. thing when it comes across professions, you're just you're really close to it. And it's hard to see it all when you're so close. Totally. I have gotten better at being able to sort of be objective with myself and be super honest with myself about like, you know, just like dumb shit that I'm doing that I'm like, why am I doing that? You know, and I'm able to kind of get objective enough where I'm going with this is I think that the ability to be able to kind of see ourselves objectively, especially in a a psychic lens comes down to self-awareness. And so if I recognize that I'm a little bit like this in this situation, or I can be kind of, you know, testy around like things like this, or I can be really stubborn, or I can be like whatever the thing is. If I recognize that and I totally accept that about myself, then it's more likely that my guides are going to be like, yeah, so by the way, about that, about where you're really stubborn, blah, 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 blah. You know, like they're able to kind of, mm-hmm. with my own self-awareness and my self sort of honesty, I'm able to then get more information. I'm not blocked by the barriers of my own unwillingness to see something about myself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that is something that's really hard for people to, I mean, self-awareness is a, I feel like I could have a whole hour long podcast on that alone. So big time. It's not easy. Like the frequency of truth is something that I think we're getting more comfortable with on planet earth, but it's also like being honest with yourself. Like it's like most people are like a human being who's honest with other people. Like that is a high quality. That's something that we want. We want to be honest. We want to be still loving, but we want to be honest. We want to be truthful. But a lot of people don't realize that in many ways they're being dishonest with themselves about certain behaviors, things that they're doing, things they're saying yes to that they don't want to say yes to, you know, where they're quite frankly being an asshole, but they can't recognize it about themselves because they just, you know, it's just, they're not able to see that they're being an asshole, you know? Um, so I think it's, it's, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a multifaceted answer, but yeah, the self-awareness pieces is, is, is definitely helps. It definitely yeah. helps being able to see things about yourself and about your life path and about what you're doing in a clearer kind of way. So I listen to your podcast, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Something that always comes up every time I listen to you, whether it's a solo or you're talking to somebody else, is you have this level of trust with the universe, your guides, your connections to, I'll say, otherworldly things. And I so admire that because I feel like just like self-awareness, it's something really hard to find, to achieve, to come to terms with. How can we surrender to trust? Oh, I have to sit with that for one for a second. Thank you, by the way. I appreciate it. Thank you for seeing me, Sam, projector. (laughs) Thank you. So I think for me, what it comes down to, there's a lot of different answers that I could give you that sound really pretty and fluffy and, you know, nice. But the core answer of why, and I also want to say it wasn't always this way. I think I've really come into my prime with trusting (laughs) (laughs) my experience and trusting, you know, the support that I have and why I'm here. I think what really did it for me was understanding that I chose to be in this body 
at this time. I chose to come into this body on the exact day and time that I did, December 17th, 1994, I chose to come into this body. And that I wasn't put in this body on this planet at this time for no reason or just randomly. I wasn't just placed here like, oh, let's see what happens for her. It was intentional. My soul co-created this life that I'm living right now in my pre-incarnation phase, meaning before I came into this body in this life. And so the trust really comes down to even if it doesn't always make sense, even if I don't understand what I'm doing or why I'm taking this leap or why I'm trusting something that my guides say, even though it sounds completely freaking ridiculous and like a huge leap of faith, I understood that I would be here and that some of these things would happen and that I signed up for some of these experiences that I'm going through. And that when I can become conscious of my experience of life on earth and like, oh, right, I remember, you know, why I had to do this or why this is important or why I was going to be challenged in this area or why I had to have the loss of this person, because then this person is going to lead me into deeper awareness around this thing, right? Like, I really know it sounds so freaking cliche, but I trust so much because I know that nothing is a coincidence, that nothing is happening for no reason. And everything that I am experiencing on planet Earth is meant to lead into the continued growth and evolution of my soul's intelligence. And so I completely wholeheartedly believe in all of the things that are helping me get there, whether that's support that I have from higher powers and beings as I move through this experience, because I strongly believe that like we wouldn't be planted in these bodies moving through this, what can be very challenging and dense planet without some form of higher energy support. That's something that is available to everybody and anybody. So I think it's just to really boil it down. I trust so much and I trust my experience so much and I trust myself so much most of the time because I said yes to all of this and I, I chose to be here. And I'm not going to waste my precious incarnation being scared. It's precious. It's precious to be here. That doesn't mean I'm not scared, all, you know, sometimes. But when it does happen, it actually gives me more gratitude when I come back around of like, right, okay, this is, I'm here in this time, in this body, on this planet for a reason. This incarnation is very precious and I'm learning and I'm so grateful for that. That's beautiful. Thank you. All right. I had some questions come in from Instagram that I'd love to throw at you. Fun. Yeah. Okay. They are fun. Let's do it. Cool. Okay. So this one I really like. Um, how can you tell how young or old a soul is? So first of all, I think that we kind of have an obsession with like the old soul concept because everybody wants to be old and wise and like, you know, like they want to know everything and they want to be like the highest knowing entity and they want to be seen, which of course that's, that's, you know, that's like very alluring and that's very, you know, like, cool, I'm wise, I'm old. I've been here for thousands and thousands of incarnations. But I think that we really underestimate the power of the young soul kind of complex is that, you know, these souls are fresh. They, they haven't been around the block as many times. They've got more energy. They've got more curiosity. They aren't sometimes as jaded about life experiences. They're not as like bitter and kind of like, you know, F this place, this, this place, you know, get me out of here kind of thing. Um, not to say that old souls are like that, but I mean, some qualities of old, of older souls or, or how I would even rephrase that term is souls who have been, I mean, and how could you ever put a number to it, but souls who have been incarnated in human bodies for, let, like, let's just use, I'm just going to throw a number out there. This is not, you know, let, let's say like 70,000 incarnations. Like that's a lot of time. That's a lot of different lifetimes, 70,000 years. Let's say just that they have more in experience in different human bodies, in different places in the world, and sometimes places outside of just planet earth, like they have incarnated into a different planetary system. And so they have the experience from that planetary system, right? So an old soul, everybody's different and everybody has like different soul characteristics and things like that, but they tend to be 
this is going to sound cliche, but they tend to be very kind, very, very compassionate, very heart-centered, very love-centric about just creating love and kindness and harmony and understanding in their families, their friends, and their, their work. Like you ask them a question and it's kind of like, where did you get that answer? Like, where did that come from? Like, how did you know that? Well, it's because they're not just pulling from their own personal wisdom that they've accumulated in their current life. They're pulling from the myriad of different soul ex experiences that their soul has ever had, you know, plus 70,000 lifetimes. And they're pulling that in and then kind of channeling from that space. So I think that that's an attribute of an old soul. I think that they also tend to be people who are a little less reactive to some of the traumas and dramas of planet earth when things are going on that they're able to kind of take things in, in stride a little bit more easily because ultimately they've been through it <laughs> they've been through all of this they know what happens you know they've had more experiences and that's the thing when you've experienced things more times like the first time that you experienced i don't know like what's a what's a good example rejection like you probably didn't handle it as well when you experienced rejection for like the 25th time, you know, you were seasoned in terms of how you kind of process that rejection of like, okay, that's not personal. That has nothing to do with me. Whereas the first time we get rejected, it's like, I'm the worst and nobody likes me. And like, what, you know, right. It just depends on the amount of different times that we've experienced something. And so I think that's an attribute of, a, of an old soul. I think those are some ways you can tell. I think for a young soul, younger soul or somebody who has had, you know, maybe not as many incarnations, again, that's subjective. Like there's not really, you know, how to, we won't know until we move out of these bodies. And, and that's the thing, right? To some degree and to some effect, when our souls come into human bodies, we are hit with immediate amnesia. We forget everything that we, that we just understood pre-incarnation. It's like instant, you know? Um, and that's because we're not going to be able to do the test accurately and properly if we were given the answer key before, you know. Anyway, so coming back to the young souls, I think that they've been improperly sort of branded as people who are immature and angry and like all of the negative traits that we could kind of coin around human beings. But in my opinion, young souls are they have fresh eyes and they've got fresh perspectives and they're curious and they're willing to learn. It's like the person who, you know, stuck their finger in like a socket and they got electrocuted, but then they did it again the next time because they were so maybe something different will happen, you know, and some could call that naive or some could call that just willing to learn, curious and fearless. Right. Mm. So I think that it just depends on the way that you look at it. But I think that the young souls have got or younger souls have gotten a bad rap. They're definitely learning still, right? And there may be some hurdles and some lifetime experiences that they haven't had the chance to learn yet. And so I think, you know, giving them a little bit more grace because they're still just working it out as we all are. Even old souls are still working it out. Like they are, they're still here. So they're still working things out. So nobody is better than anybody else is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Love it. How can we connect and build a relationship with our guides? First of all, you have to ask for help. I mean, you don't have to know who they are or what their names are, but you have to be able to ask for help and ask to say, hey, I am really having a hard time with this in my human experience, and I could really use the support that I know that I am really, it's my birthright, that support from my guides while I'm in a human body is my birthright. And so I, you know, phone a friend, like, you know, who wants to be a millionaire? I'd like to cash in my phone a friend card, please, you know, as many times as, as I need to. And just knowing that if you don't feel like you're getting an answer, getting a response or getting anything back, it's not because they don't want to help you or this kind of thing. It could be that you're just potentially, you know, there's too much going on or, you know, when we're in the, especially when we're in the, a lot of people will go to their guides for the first time when they're in desperation. Um, and they're like, oh my God, I need help. Like, ah, I'm struggling with this and I don't know what to do. And I mean, Anybody ever tried to get clarity when you're in desperation? It's it's very difficult. It's very, very, very difficult because you're like, I need the clarity and the guidance on this thing. So I recommend starting to build a relationship with your guys when you're not in crisis and you're not in desperation energy and frequency. And just like, you're just like, it's an average Tuesday and you're feeling good. And, you know, you want to just sort of see 
open up a line of communication and see what happens. So asking and kind of leaving the space for that communication. I used to call it sitting with spirit, like leaving time to sit with spirit where you're not meditating, you're not journaling, you're not listening to a guided meditation, you're not even listening to music. You just plop your ass down and close your eyes and relax your breath and see what happens. And sometimes something happens and sometimes nothing happens and either way is fine. But what it does is it leaves a space for if there is something that wants to happen, at least you're going to be able to be receptive and not distracted by anything else so that you can receive it. Also just knowing that it's a relationship like anything else, building a relationship with your guys, like that relationship is already unless they basically retire and step back from active service, which they can do, they are with us for quite a long time. And so there's already a pre-existing relationship from soul to soul. And in every lifetime, basically, we always have the opportunity to remember the soul to soul connection with our guides that we already have. So I would almost reframe it. It's not so much about like creating a relationship with your guides. It's about remembering the relationship that is already pre-existing and you just have to learn how to do it most effectively in this current body, in this current incarnation that you're in. And that's also a really good way to look at it because it's not like I have to meet somebody for the first time and I don't know what to say and like what am I gonna it's like hey I've missed you how are you and can you help me with this thing sort of thing so I think that that's a really good way to look at it and take some of the pressure off so yeah that's what I have to offer for that question I love those it's like just a conversation with an old friend that's exactly and that's a beautiful way to look at it that's a beautiful and it takes the pressure off it takes some sort of some of the like strangeness of it away the novelty of it and it's just like this is just this is my birthright how can a reading help a person heal through whatever challenges they are facing by providing perspective or context. That's the first thing that popped into my mind. I think that sometimes when we're going through a challenge, I mean, we're just consumed by the challenge of the thing. You know, we're consumed by what are the challenging aspects of the situation that I'm going through. And we're, we don't have perhaps a lot of context into why we're experiencing it or what we are to extract from this challenge or this situation, or, you know, maybe where we can course correct after this challenge is complete. Um, so I think it's, it's, context and perhaps sometimes just like explanation of things that maybe you can't see. Again, coming back to what we talked about before, because you're close to it and it's harder for you to feel objective about the thing, especially when your emotions are involved. This is the thing that my guides say a lot of the times about us as, as human beings is that we all have emotions. Some people on earth are more, you know, emotion filled than others. And some people are more detached from their emotions, but our personal emotions, while they are important, they're an important part of the human experience and we have to move through them and we have to process them through our system. They can sometimes cloud our perception of events and what's happening on kind of a higher perspective level on a higher sort of spiritual level. And so sometimes it just helps like a reading can kind of just help process some of the emotion for you so that you can see things clearly and you can understand the situation from a different perspective. I would definitely agree with that. I'm going to add to this next one. So they ask, have you ever not said something that's come through in a reading? But I also want to add to it something you brought up earlier when you were first kind of developing your abilities. You mentioned, why do I want to tell this woman at the grocery store that her mom loves her? And I feel like there are celebrity mediums out there Mm -hmm. who have no problem going up to somebody and being like, your grandfather's here and he wants to tell you he loves you and da-da-da-da. And to me, I feel like that's a lot of information coming Mm -hmm. at you Mm -hmm. that maybe you weren't ready for or maybe you don't want. So I'll add Mm -hmm. that also to this. But yeah, have you ever not said something? It's a good question. Also, what I would add to that too is um, something that I've learned by a friend that I have in the industry who has been one of those celebrity mediums is that actually those events are completely scripted (laughs) and that it's like not just spontaneous. Like, oh, that man, I'm going to go over there. It's like they have to talk to him beforehand and get him to sign the release form and be like, hey, could you get it? You know, but I get what you're saying. That makes me feel better, honestly, because I've seen some shows where I'm like, why in the hell would you go up to somebody? And just that's so much information. And yeah emotion to unload on someone so you know in like the the apple aisle it's like yeah (laughs) you're like what the fuck 
<laughs> just trying to get some produce, you know? So yeah. So, okay. So it's a good question. And I think that it hits on sort of a fear for some people that there is going to be information that won't be transmitted to them. And they'll be kind of in the dark about something that somebody knows, like everybody knows something about me, but I don't know. I think it really is, it's, it's rare. Like it's, it's rare because I won't even get the information if it's not supposed to be transmitted to the person. You know, I just don't have access to it. If it's not supposed to, if you're not supposed to hear it on this day and time, then I just don't have access to it at all. And that's because sometimes you can get information before you're ready for it that can be deeply destabilizing to your experience, to your nervous system, to your process. And so, you know, if there's something that we get that is, you know, the person's not ready for and you tell them about it and then they go into, you know, tailspin for a couple of months because of that information, it's not good. You can really mess somebody up with that. So, I mean, basically what I just say, and I think this makes people feel better, is that for the most part, I'm not getting the information if you're not supposed to hear it. And consent is really important to me. And I'm not going to be allowed access into some piece of information unless it's important. And so sometimes they're like, this is speaks to the intelligence of spirit and the intelligence of the information is sometimes they'll show me a little part of something. Like we could, if we, like they'll show me maybe like 5% of the energy of something behind something, but they will not show me the whole picture basically. And so I'll explain the 5%. And most of the time the person's like, oh yeah, I know what you're saying. And I'm like, well, they're not showing me anymore. So I don't know what it is they're talking about, but this is for you. And I don't have to know, but this is what I have basically. And so that's the intelligence of, of spirit is they'll you know, regulate the information to me based on what is appropriate, what is helpful? What is relevant? What is the person ready for? What are they willing and ready to receive? And so on. So to answer the question, it very rarely happens, like very, very rarely. And that's because of my own kind of standards that I have set up and what I have asked spirit to respect for other people. So yeah. I can also say I've had that experience with you of the yes. five to 10% yeah sharing and you being like i literally don't know what's happening like you're gonna have to i don't know what if you means. know you have to share if you know you know exactly exactly <laughs> and that's the thing i think that people you know this can be confusing they're like wait like you're talking, I know exactly what you're talking about, but you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, no, I don't know what I'm talking about, but this is what I'm being given. And so this is what I have to say, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, very true. So I love that you came on today and Thank I love you. being able to see this evolution of you because you're dipping into so many incredible things. I feel like every single day, new things are happening for you. You're having new experiences, which I think are just adding to your experience here and your abilities and the work that you're here to, to share and how you're here to support people and also yourself. And I would love if you could leave listeners with anything that's kind of coming up right now, also how to get in contact with you. Hmm. What do I want to tell the listeners? I think what I would say is if there was something in this lovely conversation that I had with Sam today, which was so fun. So thank you for having me. If there was something that piqued your interest or you had, you know, sort of a cascade of aha moments from something that either Sam or I said, you know, I find that sometimes we like discount our sort of uh, experiences and be like, oh, it's probably just, you know, a coincidence. And maybe I just got inspired. I don't know why. And things like that. I would say, don't discount the sort of aha moment that you had and actually understand that it was likely a moment of recognition of something that was said that activated something in you that has been waiting to be activated or an understanding that was kind of unlocked that will lead to new understanding. So, you know, I think if you had that experience, just ask for the next, what's the next step? Like, where am I supposed to go with this next? And, you know, see where it takes you. And I hope that that is happening for people as they're listening. So yeah, that's what I would say. And as for where to find me, I'm pretty consistent all across the board. Emily the Medium on Instagram. My podcast is Emily the Medium. My website is Emily the Medium. Lots of other things are just so if you're just trying to find me, just type in Emily the Medium and you'll probably find me. That's the gist of how it works. <laughs> So <laughs> she made it really, really easy for easy all of you. you. I made it easy for you. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Emily, thank you so much for being here. And I think this is going to be really great for a lot of people. Thank you, Sam. I'm so grateful for your time and your projector wisdom. And thank you for, for seeing me. And uh, it was so good to chat with you. Mm -hmm.